welcome listeners to episode 5 of Two Guys One Dice Cup, our uh, Blood Bowl podcast. Episode 5 is entitled A Nagaroth Nightmare. So we're uh, heavily alluding to the fact that we'll be talking about dark elves that hail from the cold lands of Nagaroth during this episode. Uh, my name is Al Goldeneye Unicorn and with me as always is... Phil from Rash's Cairns. Yay! We're getting better at this, Phil. It's getting good. Yeah! Blood Bowl. On top of on top of talking about dark elves, um, we should thank all our viewers, listeners, and interactions. They voted, and it was two hundred and twenty-eight votes this time, which was a a nice figure to see. And the dark elves slayed it with sixty-seven percent of the vote. So uh, the wood elves can take a back seat, and. uh, the rookie coaches get to listen to our views on Dark Elves this episode. Yep. Yeah, it should be quite interesting. I know both of us have played Dark Elves a wee bit. Um, uh, my and... my tournament success with them is particularly poor at the moment. Uh, but well, uh, but yeah, aye. I have um, I've never ventured into a tournament with Dark Elves, but I've played them in leagues um, quite heavily. And uh, I played with them on some uh, online stuff as well. So, uh, and I've and I like the Dark Elves themselves from the Warhammer fantasy genre. I like their background and all the stuff that they get up to. Yeah, I suppose we I... should we should tell our listeners and our rookie coaches that um, we're aware that uh, Blood Bowl season twenty twenty is a thing. How good is that looking? Yeah, I think uh, we are definitely excited about that at the two guys one dice cup uh podcast uh, yep, there's been we, a lot yeah. of chat about it in the last week with all the leaks that have been going up online yeah there's more leaks than the titanic i know i i, I hasten to add uh the cynic and we definitely thinks that this has been leaked uh insert air quotes um by gw themselves um i, I think it's too um yeah it's weird yeah, i think it's i think weird. it's been it's been well orchestrated and they've even gone so far as to take in really rubbishy blurry pictures and changing the lighting um you know that they've, they've yes. taken taken things with i'm sure they've been passing around like a you know an iphone 10 and then they've got like a samsung you know super s type and then they've got like a really crappy old iphone 4 that's been you know sitting in the bottom of somebody's drawer so so fair play to them, but we should we should tell our listeners that we are um, we're going to continue as a podcast, um, probably with even more content if Blood Bowl season twenty twenty kicks off because we'll have well more teams. We'll have to talk about new rules, new strategies. Um, I think all our listeners should stick with us and our rookie coaches. And you're you're going to be in for a roller coaster ride, and we're going to have to learn a few things along the way as well. So you know, stick with yeah, us. Think- I think that's the big thing there is um, although um, it's the general changes are, that are coming in place will will change a lot about Blood Bowl. Um, a lot of what we are we've experienced uh, over various incarnations of Blood Bowl over the past uh, uh, however many years, thirty odd years now, um, is still relevant. Um, it's all about. Um, positioning and and stuff like that which which varies uh which which is consistent rather across across all the editions so um it's about yeah. dice rolling 
risk management positioning. Risk management positioning. And, yeah. You know, keeping a good focus. But so with with that in mind, uh, we've adjusted the format of our this podcast. So after our little intro, which you're listening to now, we're going to go straight into the rookie coaches section and cover off the dark elves. Then we're going to migrate into a nice big chunky section on season 2020. And we're going to dive into uh, a lot of the leaks that have come out, some of the new rosters, some of the new um, skills and some of our general excited thoughts on it. And then we're going to finish off with a leak spotlight just to make sure that our um, greater community that's continuing to grow get some some uh, awareness and highlight and some love as well. So, Bill, you ready to migrate on? Yeah, aye. So our rookie coaches section, as Al said earlier, is about dark elves. Um, as always, we look at this in both the context of a league at TV 1000, but also in the context of a tournament setup, uh, which we consistently model on the NAF champs which is TV 1100, and then um, a proportional skill amount for that particular uh, tiering of the team that we're talking about. Um, in this case, Dark Elves are tier one. They are very much tier one. Yep. Yeah. So, so I think if you would like to go through the team roster, I'll be a, a good start, I think, in this instance. Yeah, as always, we um, talk about all the different positionals for the team. So with the with the Dark Elves, they are basic linemen. Uh, you can take zero to 16 of them. They cost 70 grand. Movement six, strength three, agility four, armor eight. They start off with no skills at all, which is completely fine. Uh, normal skill access is general or agility. And then on a double, they can take strength or pass. Then their next positional is a runner, and you can take zero to two runners. They cost 80,000 gold pieces each. Move seven, strength three, agility four, armor value seven, so one less than a lineman. Uh, they come with the dump off skill to start with. Normal skill access is general agility and passing, and then they can take strength on that double, so slightly better skill access than a lineman. Then the next positional up is an assassin. So it was zero to two assassins, 90,000 uh, gold pieces each. Move six, strength three, agility four, armor seven. So again, one less than the lineman, but they pack two skills. They've got shadowing and stab. And then normal skills, they've got general uh, and agility access and then strength and passing on a double. And then the sharp end of the Dark Elf roster, blitzers, zero to four blitzers, a hundred grand each, move seven, strength three, agility four, back up to see that nice armor eight, and they start with block. And they've got general and agility as a normal skill access and strength and passing as their double as well. And then the, the crowning moment for the Dark Elf team is their Witch Elves. Uh, zero to two Witch Elves, 110,000 gold pieces. Move seven, strength three, agility four, armor seven, and then starting skills, dodge, frenzy, and jump up. And then for them, normal skill access again is just general and agility with strength and passing as their double. 
and then it's pretty much standard stuff from that it's a uh, 50 grand each for their re-rolls and they can buy a, a regular apothecary so yeah, uh, exciting. A lot, a lot of stuff in that in that team, uh, and a lot of stuff that you can do. Uh, whether we, uh, we would go down the route of all of them, uh, we'll we'll discuss in just a second, I guess. We are about to find out. So now that we've covered all the positionals, um, hopefully the rookie coaches have got their notepads and pens out. Uh, we are going to go straight into Bill's uh, league roster for dark elves. Yeah. So I'm going to. How, how did you do it? I'm going to be pretty predictable here, I think. Um, so, must buy for me uh, four blitzers. Uh, you've got the uh, um, they're they coming at four four hundred k for the four of them. Uh, so that's that's the the kind of first purchase. Uh, a runner um, at eighty k, mm. and then six linemen uh, at four twenty. And two rerolls, and that comes in at TV one million on the nose. Wow! So, so four, you went four blitzers, one runner, six linos. Yes. Okay. Cool. How about yourself? I'm really happy to report that we have gone a different path. How good I, is that? I bet I can guess which one you, <laughs> which one you've gone down as well, because I've got three in front of me. Uh, that I that I I I thought about. Uh, For me, I am whole point of playing dark elves is elves. So I've got one witch elf to start. Hundred and ten grand. Then I will back her up with three blitzers. Then I will back the rest of the team up with linemen. Seven linemen. Yep. So seven linemen, three blitzers, one witch elf. Two rerolls, perhaps out at a cool million. Yep. So I think I think there, there's kind of good, good and bad for both of those. I think the worry for me with my one is the lack of any defensive or offensive skills on the runner, yep. and it being armor seven. However, um, the fact that you've got the extra blitzer with block um, allows you to kind of. Um, I give you a bit more, a bit more to work with. I think. Um, I I like your your roster. I, I really do, and it's it's the one I tend to when I'm setting up a league team. I tend to decide one or the other, depending yeah. on who's in the league, as in like what what type of teams are in the league. If it was a mostly edge based league or uh, very little in the way of bash heavy stuff, I would probably go down the route of. Uh, the witch elf roster myself uh, yeah like for me i don't see the a league roster starting any other way as it must have one witch elf in it or there's for me there's just no point playing dark elves the witch yeah. elf is the the ultimate yeah. playmaker both offense and defense and um i haven't really spoken much in our podcast about miniatures but when it comes to dark elf miniatures you know a couple of good Good-looking witch elf models and cool-looking blitzers—they're they're important to have on the team uh, from the aesthetics and from the gameplay. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, um, one of my first purchases would be to have a witch elf uh, in the side once I'd, I'd started developing the team. And I think the the thought 
process behind mine. And the other, I know I mentioned I made three rosters before, but the, the other roster I always consider as well is four blitzers, seven linemen, um, mm. because you've got the full armour eight there. And bear in mind that um, in the current edition, uh, linemen are still pretty handy at doing stuff. They're dodging on a two, they're, um, they're picking the ball up on a two. Uh, they they inevitably fail miserably on that most of the time, but yeah, I mean they they they're quite handy. They're pretty good linemen as linemen go. Yeah, as linemen go, you know, agility four, armor eight. Uh, you know that's why I'm happy with seven of them to start with, because uh, I, I believe that you know in the past they can they can take care of most things on a two plus agility wise. And they can get themselves out of trouble um, with some good dodges. You know, it's it's the classic elf story, though. You know, everything everything fails on a one, and you've got to expect that to happen. But I guess one of the counterpoints between your roster and my roster, and it's just the raw number of starting skills on the pitch. I think my yeah. roster has one extra skill than yours. Because you've got what is it four block and a dump off. Yes, and you've got. Um, I've got three, three block, block then and dodge, dodge frenzy dump up. Yeah. But granted, three of those skills are loaded onto one player. But what player? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I think the 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 benefit of of the witch elf is I mean you're 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 going to ball handle with the witch elf early, uh, and protect it with the rest of the team. Until you've got block on it, um, I think... that's exactly. It. Well, that's that's a good a good lead in, mate. So, first yeah. five games of um, of your league, what are you hoping so, to achieve with with so your it, with yeah. your selected team? In my in my roster, I'm I'm kind of aiming at uh, getting some skills on the the runner and the blitzers, um, and if the linemen pick up SPP doing stuff like passes and things like that, um, then I'll I'll kind of consider that as well but you're, you're probably looking at hitting with blitzers um in my roster maybe score the odd touchdown with them um i would be trying to get the runner skilled up within the first game what would um, you want them to get so i would take dodge first um just purely because it's uh it's it's Good at reposition for repositioning, but it's also a defensive skill as well. You're not probably not going to come up against masses of tackle early on, unless mm. uh, unless you've, you've got dwarves in your or chaos dwarves in your yeah. league. Um, and then that's just you can't really counteract that. No, I mean I would consider maybe block if that was the case uh, for for the runner. Um, the blitzers um, depends on the league gain. I would uh, probably head down the dodge route uh, straight off with them. Um, if I rolled a double, um, I'd probably think about uh, I'd probably think about either mighty blue or guard. Yep. Um, more more likely guard because um, I, I think it's it's quite useful uh, on an elf team. Um, I think um, for me with a runner, I wouldn't bother with a double. If I rolled a double on a, a runner, I think I would probably just stick with uh, with dodge early on. Mm. Um, for the linemen, if I skilled any of them up, um, I would look at having uh, at least one would wrestle 
uh, and then fill out the rest with dodge, I think, uh, and block, uh, okay. depending on what I was doing with them. Um, I would be keen to add a witch elf very, very uh, soon to the thing. So as far as kind of purchases go, I think I'd probably go with an apple first. And then I'd be aiming to uh, grab a, a witch uh, fairly early on. Um, I think the, the kind of thing worth mentioning here with, with Dark Elves is as soon as you lose a player early as Dark Elves, you're constantly playing catch-up. And you have to think about how you're spending your money after that. Yeah, um, that's true. The benefit to, to Lyman is although a loner is still a loner they are still doing a job and they're av8 so on an 11 man roster you could probably handle losing a lineman and running a journeyman uh, but if you lose a blitzer early on it's going to take yeah. you a while to replace it. it does for my own thoughts on this for my roster um the first five games cash wise i'd be saving up to buy an apothecary that would be my first um, outlay to protect the players that I've already got. Uh, and hopefully they would be developing, you know, as the games go on. My first yeah. player purchase would be the fourth Blitzer. Another solid playing piece on the board. And then I wouldn't be able to get it within the first five games, but the next player sort of piece would be a witch elf and that would be sort of game uh, eight or nine or ten depending on how the wins and how the how the finances went um you know so that's how i would spend the money skill wise for the witch elf her first skill would have to be block um as a as, and if i got a double i think it would probably have a have a heart attack I don't think I've ever got a double skill on a on a witch elf in all the times I've played. Um, if I did, so, it would be, it would be mighty blow. <laughs> yeah, d definitely. Yep. Um, it's it's the only. I, I was going to say it's the only choice. It isn't the only choice because uh, Juggernaut's pretty good as well. But um, but yep. it's the it's the first choice of doubles yep. for sure. Yep. Uh, so assuming that I've just that I'll just have the three blitzers. Um, Two of them would get dodge. It would have to be just to make them blodgers and make them useful pieces to move. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, oh, look, I think I'd be of a similar mindset if I got a double. They'd be getting mighty blow. Um, mighty blow or guard, both good options. Yeah. Would uh, I favor one over the other? Would probably take guard. Um, that way that he can assist with the linemen um, whenever they have to do anything aggressive. So yeah, I would probably take guard over Mighty Blow for a first double on a blitzer. Uh, da -da 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 -da. Then for the linemen, because I've got quite a few, I'm sure at some point you know they'll pick up the odd skill. I agree with your comment on Wrestle for one of them. So I would definitely pick that up, and yeah. pretty sure if I liked one of them enough, leader just to get the so third. Uh, if, you got, if you got a double on that, 
uh, on them. It is a double as well, isn't it? So that that's one of the reasons I've taken the runner as well. Uh, I think of course because he can get yeah can further get down, down the line. Um, I mean, I love dump off at the dark elf team. Um, I, I I'm quite uh, comfortable sort of positioning well, so I've always got an outlet if they manage to get through and hit. Uh, dump off allowing you to throw a pass yeah. um, if you're uh, just before you've been hit in a as part of a block or a blitz. Um, so let's let's assume you wouldn't you wouldn't do the double on the lineman um, wrestle. I am a big fan of kick. Just to get a bit of control on the positional of the the kickoff. Yeah, I think I think um, at some point adding a, adding kick in is really good. Um, yeah, allows I would, you to put a lot of pressure on um, very quickly. Yeah, I would try and add it quite quickly. Um, I think if if I had a couple of linemen skilling up, I would get wrestle first, and then kick would be second, just to get those, just to add some some advantage to the early games in a league. Yeah. Which would then help think, you know, add more star player yeah. points and more results um, moving forward. I think if I was going to take a double in alignment, it would be uh, guard again. Um, yeah, having having an armor eight guy with uh, with guard who can position again quite easily uh, on a, a two up dodge away um, is is quite helpful, and it also helps. Um, with you know, a bit more consistent, specifically with uh, the uh, the blitzer as well. Uh, if you use them in tandem with a witch elf, you're making sure that you you don't end up in frenzy traps. Yep. Uh, where you go from a two dice down to a, a one dice or a two dice uh, a one dice into a two dice uphill. Yeah, two dice uphill. Um, so, so, what about stat increases for so anybody? I I don't think I would take a um an armor increase uh but on the blitzers and the witch i would take strength move and agility uh on the lineman probably the same to be honest um an auxiliary uh threat um is, is always useful on uh strength and uh stuff especially when you're putting somebody on the line the plus strength's great another yeah. movement seven piece is great uh an edge five person at any point um get an edge five there would, would seriously kind of uh i'd consider a cage breaker at that point um just wrestle and uh, wrestle tackle and leap uh would probably just be useful with that um i think yeah Runner wise, yeah, again, movement up to movement eight would be great. Strength again, reliable ball carrier, um, and agility again, yeah. I think I, that that I think I'd probably take all them, but yeah, again, not armor. Yeah, I can't disagree with what you've said there. Other than though, if I am um, for the witch elf, if she got an armor increase, I would take it. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. Um, I would, I would take it just to confine my opponents an armor eight witch elf yeah because then all of a sudden you've you you know you're confident with that piece anyway but she's got the same stat line as a blitzer and you're very confident with a blitzer because you think armor eight and it rightly so armor eight is a good value yeah i, I would consider it but it would depend what else i 
I had uh, at the time, you know, it's it's a, a we've mentioned TV bloat before. Um, I don't know if it's essential, um, but yeah, I would consider it. I can yeah. see I can see why you would take it uh, with that um, mm. for sure. Well, because um, on on my roster for a league, the witch elf, the single witch elf I start with is the only armor seven piece I've got. Everything else I've yeah. got is armor eight. You, you're going to want to avoid um, taking hits on her anyway, um, but. But at some point, at some point, yeah. they always go down. They always, you know, attract attention. They attract the same amount of attention as a wood elf war dancer when they're on the ground, which is a lot. Yes. <laughs> and bad things happen. But if if that girl's armor eight, proven. But again, you have to roll the dice to to get the opportunity to make that happen, and uh, it doesn't always happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Uh... It's it's one that uh, that would be a difficult one to pass up. Um, so I think <laughs> I think it's worth pointing out that neither of us have taken assassins or just assassins so far. Um, That's true. I think I think I would say with them, and I think I don't know if you you feel the same with this. I would consider adding one later on, um, after I'd got both witch elves. Um, if I had an extra bit in the team, if the league I was playing in was uh, low uh, low armor value, yeah. Um, but they just don't offer much. They're such they're such a bit they're a bit of an enigma. They're um, very niche. Um, yeah. I mean, from our from our league rosters, you can see playmakers are mine. It is the witch elf. You know, the blitzers will punch the hole and support her. She'll do some damage herself, but she gets the ball. She's going to be the, the, the miniature that scores. Um, and then I've got, there's a bag of linemen to fill up the back line and uh, take care of any business that comes through. Uh, and both our rosters, all elves, of course, so they can deal with any bouncing balls and take advantage of any random little situations that come up. Yeah. I mean, I like, I like Stab. It's useful. Uh, shadowing mm. on a movement six piece is shit, though. Yeah. And but do you want to talk about? Our... Want to talk about tournament rosters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can pile into that as well. Um, yeah, well, so... well, let's let's talk tournament rosters because. Well, it's you first. Yeah. Your tournament so... roster first. Let's let's see how how drastically different we've gone today. So I think, I think and, I think sorry we never said to our um, to our listeners again as always neither myself nor Phil have discussed our rosters beforehand. <laughs> Should have said I, that. I did think I I did think about because I I did look at a really batshit crazy one, uh, and I did think about a batshit crazy one, yeah. uh, but I, I I haven't gone with that one. Um, I think. Um, I have to double check my maths here. Uh, so I've gone with four blitzers, two witches, yep. one assassin, four line elves, uh, two rerolls, and one fan factor. 
I'm pretty sure that comes into TV1100 on the nose. So, so remind myself and the rookie coaches then, what have you got? Four blitzers, yep. two witch elves, yep. one assassin, yep. four line elves, huh? two rerolls, and one fan factor. That's 11 players, yeah? Yep, four, five, six, seven, yep, 11 players. Okay. Uh, do we talk about skills or do we talk about my roster next? Um, let's talk about your roster next. Okay. Da -da -da. Two witch elves. Two dark elf assassins. Three blitzers. <laughs> and four dark elf linemen. Two rerolls. One fan factor. One assistant coach. 1.1 million. <laughs> <laughs> Twin assassins, stab, 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 stab. Oh dear. Um, yeah. If, and Aye, if, okay. If, if, if our <laughs> listeners and wiki coaches remember back, um, I had a dice rage about a roster that absolutely tabled me and then pitch cleared me at World Cup. These are the miniatures that did it. Yeah. I'm not sure I've got the skills right, but these are the miniatures that did it. And. <laughs> Couldn't I couldn't not pay a homage to this list. Oh dear. Right, so, <laughs> so I'll, uh, I'll, talk, I'll talk, talk through skills. skills. Yeah. Uh, so the blitzers, uh, three of them get dodge, one gets tackle, uh, and the two witch elves, uh, one gets uh, block and one gets wrestle. So a tier, I suppose we should have said tier one at NAF champs uh, is six skills. Um, so that, that's yep. mine. Three dodge uh, tackle on the blitzers uh, and block and wrestle on each of the witch elves. Oh, unimaginative, mate. Unimaginative. Pretty safe. Um, so, yeah, safe and secure. So for myself, I, um, I've got a real issue with witch elves being on the crowd. Mm -hmm. And it's so natural to take wrestle or to take um, other options you are popular are tackle and strip ball but that leaves them mm -hmm. open to block so i've given both my white shelves block okay on their feet they're not going to be doing anything fancy you know so no strip ball no tackle no fancy wrestle but block they're standing that's my it just cures my own personal bugbear about them being on the ground. Uh, I've got the three blitzers. They are my utility players in my head. So one's got tackle, one's got strip ball, and one's got dodge. So okay. in my head, the dark elf blitzer with dodge is um, moving alongside one of the witch elves, acting as a support, and then tackle and strip ball are the the threats that my opponent has to work with. And then for my sixth skill, um, I've given one of the Dark Elf linemen wrestle. So okay. sim similar theory coming from a league roster. Uh, you've got that one wrestler that can, it, it's the skill that I don't, I don't care if a Dark Elf lineman's lying on the ground. Uh, you know, he's just a lineman, but 
if he can wrestle, you know, a key opponent down to give the the witch elves or um, or even the assassins, you know, a bit of a, a bit of an opening, then yep, it's a it's a fair trade. I'm really yeah, glad we've got different I think... rosters. Aye. <laughs> I think the two assassins were because I, I I toy with the idea of taking an, an assassin and I have done in the past, and I've also played the the opposite roster where you don't take and you take um, an extra lineman instead and you've got, uh, fan factor, um, assistant coaches and cheerleaders as well, um, but I like what you can do with them and it's another threat to have whether I would want. Ooh. Because you've got four armor, seven pieces. Yep. Nope. Um, stab! Three. Stab, 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 yeah. stab. So the, the one or two games where that actually works is brilliant. Uh, the rest of the tournament where you're getting absolutely nailed every every game uh, because it's your, your armor nine uh, opponents or what have you and uh, you don't want to be standing right next to somebody regularly when you fail because uh, uh, those guys are going to yes. be off the pitch very very and, quickly and that's where it comes down to a bit of management you know if you are up against say a dwarf team or you know even a nurgle team that's got high armor value then the assassins just hang in the backfield and yeah. they'll do all your basic um you know pick up the ball hand off or a pass or you know something generic to contribute to your game plan and um and not sort of be in the mix trying to you know punch on against a, a chaos warrior or a, or a black orc <laughs> although um, we've, we've all seen that that happen in a game uh i think yeah. i think uh, remember last year at granite bowl when you and i were uh, watching uh, gordon play against uh, uh phil dixon um, so their, their NAF names are GWI 1874 and Doc Green. Um, so that they were playing and uh, Gordon was using humans and Phil was using dark elves. And Phil removed uh, over the space of two turns the ogre and a thrower with mm-hmm. the assassin. <laughs> I, think I, I remember looking over into Gordon's eyes when the ogre went off and it wasn't even like it was a... Uh, it wasn't even a, like it was a, like a knockout or something like that. It was a full on dead, yeah, <laughs> dead straight, straight through the armor, dead. It was yeah. just uh, that when that happens, it's brilliant. You know, it's uh, it's what it's all about. Uh, but you, you then, know, the rest of the time, it's just getting a punch. Uh, it's just not breaking, and then you're getting punched straight again the next uh, yeah. turn. And that's but that's for the rookie coaches if they do decide to test my roster out. Um, it's it's picking the right moments to even try stab. You've just got to remember as well that it's a dark elf who is an assassin, so he's still got agility four. You know his movement six, the same as a line elf. Um, you know he can still handle the ball and take care of that just as well as any other elf on the pitch. Um, yep. So so make sure you use them like that. And if you have to keep them in the back, if you have to keep them in the backfield. You know, if you're, you can you can do a blitz and stab at the end of it, if you feel the need to do that. Uh, you know, if it's a, you know, if it's a goblin 
I know everybody thinks, oh, it's just a goblin, but he's still got dodge. He's still a pain in the bum. Um, you know, so even if you just need to mark him and stab him, it's, th there's options there for the assassins. But if you ever come across a Norse team that's, that's Armour 7 at the World <laughs> Cup, then you can just stab, 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 stab. I think that's your heart's right. content. Against an Armour 7 team, um, you're going to chuck those uh, on your offence. You're going to chuck both of those guys on the line. Yeah. And just um, because you can't turn over with a stab, it's an easy uh, action to make. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's low risk, high reward. Um, exactly. If you if you get two removals on your first turn without actually having rolled a block dice, uh, that you're, that's you're amazing. Yeah. So yeah, uh, if you ever bump into an Amazon team or a who else is Armour Seven? Wood elves, uh, pro elves or elven union or whatever they're called now, and um, yeah, anything anything with stunty in it, scaven. Yeah. Um, what I like about them as well, and I think you kind of uh, touched upon using it as a sweeper. Um, I like uh, on defense, um, coupling it with the tackle, uh, blitzer. Mm -hmm. Uh, so you you go in, you kind of uh, sort of kind of wedge the two together. Um, and then make sure you cut. Uh, they can't roll any dice they're rolling are, are going to be uphill to get away. They've also got tackle, so they're it's harder to dodge away. But you've also got shadowing mixed in there as well. Uh, so, yeah, and as as he said, shadowing isn't great on a movement six player, but it still gives you that possibility. Yeah, it's still disruptive. It's still another consideration for the person to make. Uh, when they're and, actually and making their move. That yeah. was one of the reasons why using them as a sweeper is a good option. Uh, and blitzing, you can blitz, stab. If you get them down, great. If you don't, that's fine because you've still got shadowing to keep with them um, as they try and move. Uh, you know, that's that's the other option and ability they've got. So, But that's, that's my tournament roster. Uh, the playmakers, again, are the blitzers and the witch elves. Um, the blitzers are there to pop the ball, disrupt play. The witch elves are there to score. Yeah, so I mean, I like I like your strip ball uh, blitzer. I would consider uh, having two dodge and then strip ball and uh, tackle as the other ones myself, uh, yeah. because I think strip ball is always useful, especially in a team that can recover the ball fairly easily as well. Yeah, and that's um, that's always going to be a, a highlight of the elf teams. Yeah, so you've got um you've got a lot to work with with that, and I think that that that's quite you're right. It covers a lot of the bases. Um, and I, I I understand with the wrestle on the witch elf, it can be a bit um hit or miss. Um, I, well, I can see I can see the value uh, of having the um um the block on both of them. Yeah, well, let's talk. Let's talk bluntly about wrestle on a witch elf. The only time I see people doing it is when they're going to try and break into a cage. Is, mm -hmm. is that not accurate? Yeah, it's the poor man's uh, uh, war dancer cage dive. Yeah, and 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 it's the same. You know, may not get to talk about wood elves for season twenty twenty hits. So, you know, the rookie coaches might never get to hear me say this, but I'll get to say it now. 
I hate the idea of suicide in witch elves and war dancers into cages just to try and pop the ball. Because if I was the player on the offense and that happened to me, the first thing I would do is stomp on that elf's face with a foul and yeah. the ball. Because yeah. if I can remove one of those key pieces, I'll worry about that. You know, I'll I'll take care of the scoreline and the rest of the game. Um I don't worry about it so much when we when I use Skaven because they're gutter runners and I know they're really good pieces, but they're just gutter runners. They're just they're just rats, and and you've got four of them. Whereas with witch elves and war dancers, you've only got two. Yeah, so I guess I think the difference between um, the um, witch elf and the war dancer in that context is uh, with the witch uh, with the witch elves you you are making a surgical strike at a, a precise moment mm. you're not going to be doing it on a multiple uh, multiple occasions uh, you're going to be popping the ball or as a last ditch effort doing that the way I see it is it works better on, on defence um, but you also have the option of, of using it uh, um, in conjunction with jump up, which allows you to make your full movement rather, uh, without any sacrifice when you stand up again. And a lot of folk forget that. Uh, <laughs> then you end up being able to just straight back in the mix again. Um, so and I, I often find in tournaments, uh, some people some people depending on the game are less less likely to foul i mean if you're playing a, a team that's foul centric like goblins or uh, underworld or whatever uh, halflings then yes you you're gonna that guy's gonna get fouled um a lot of folk won't gamble on a foul in the off chance that you're gonna get sent off and then you're you're down uh down men in a tournament mm-hmm. um and, and you've turned over so I think you can play that a little bit. Um, you've also got to commit quite a lot of players to it to uh, to make the foul worthwhile. Um, yeah, but I guess, I guess less less so with it being armor seven, obviously. Um, and my 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 cage dive with that would be, I'm going in, I'm popping the ball, I'm making sure that uh, the 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 uh, people are marked in, in multiple tackle zones, so they can't catch the ball. I'm expecting the ball to go over the side. I'm then going to be picking it up with somebody else and passing it off or hand uh, dodging away and handing it off, whatever. And I'm going to be off up, off up the other end of the pitch and aiming to score or at mm. least get far enough away from the rest of their team that they can't score again. And at that point, with, the, the witch elves done what they need you, uh, what you need them to do. Uh, your that, roster, to your roster, Phil, you've, you've got one assassin. Mm-hmm. What was your thinking there? Because you've said you're not a huge fan of them, but you've gone for one. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just as you'd said before, acting as a sweeper, right. um, uh, in conjunction with the tackle blitzer on defence. I think okay. I'm, I'm not, I'm not convinced they're worth masses in tournaments. Um. The extra the stab the stab is is what's getting it in the team over a fifth lineman. 
Um, we both know you you you, you can't build a, an, a, a particularly effective uh, dark elf team by compromising on blitzers and witch elves um, to yeah. take the cost <laughs> down to give you the extra rerolls or or the apo. Um, oh yeah, apothecaries are just a dream. Yeah, it's not. Don't... It's not like some of the other teams where you can like you can shoehorn an apothecary in there, and you you you've got a bit yeah. more going. You're the probably rookie, going to be spending coaches, most of the games. Yeah, the rookie coaches should just accept that an apothecary at a tournament is not going to happen for you. No, I think um, I think you're going to be spending quite a few games players down, um, especially after the, the end of the first half <clears throat> when armor eight's not working. And you're just going off. Um, it's not. It's not a pretty sight with a dark elf team. However, like any elf team, five players on the pitch, you can still score. And that's. I mean, a, a story from. Like, you'll correct me if I might have already said it, but I think it was a Euro Bowl in Austria or Belgium. And I was playing for the main Scottish team, and I was using Skaven, and I think it was a Norwegian player was playing Dark Elf against me, and um, it was the last game of the last round, and he received, and it started to you know put pressure on me and score quite quickly, but I was just mm-hmm. punishing him as much as possible and almost to the point where I remember I was sacrificing, uh, you know, scoring options to, to put more blocks in and to mark up more players so that by the, and, and it was a strategy I was conscious I was doing so that by the end of the second half, he was two nil up, um, but he'd lost both witch elves, a blitzer and a lineman to, to, to casually bend, they were gone, they were not coming back. So I had sacrificed the first half to cause as much damage as possible with my Skaven. And I think I had only lost a lineman and I had a blitzer in the KO bin from memory. And I remember at halftime, I went out for a cigarette and I had a pint or a couple of pints because it was the last round. And I remember I was talking up a big game and uh, to some Finnish players, I'm like, I'm going to go back in there. I'm going to go fucking full noise in this guy's face. I'm just going to go fucking batshit crazy and go fucking wah, and I'm going to win the game. I went back in and I did go full noise at this depleted Dark Elf team. And I remember it got to my turn seven and I was winning 3-2. And mm-hmm. he was down to about four or five players, and he still managed to get a touchdown to tie the game three three. Yeah. That's yeah. that's that's a story on the dangers of a dark elf team and what can happen, but also the benefits that with minimal players you can still um, you can still get a touchdown. But I must say, the look on this dark elf player's face as I just went a full screaming hell at him in the second half with them gutter runners just flooding the backfield. The ball was flying and he just didn't have enough enough good pieces mm-hmm. to, to cover everything. But when I threw that, uh, when I went for that third touchdown to secure the win, 
um, he managed to to fight back and just make some big dice rolls to to get the equaliser, which which as, as I've said, an elf team can do. So yeah, dark elves are exciting stuff. So I guess so. Like at this point, we normally discuss our star player choices. Um, this is true. Yeah. So I think for me, if I've got money to spend in the mid kind of range it's a it's a very difficult choice now um i mean we both know that i prefer to go with the wizard side of things a lot of the time but it's yeah in this and, context and i always have to tell you and remind the rookie coaches you're you're playing the logical game but if, you, if you're that far behind just put somebody cool on the pitch but that that's the thing this is one of these uh, situations where I would definitely not bother with a wizard. Yeah. Um, and I would make a choice between two uh, players at the lower end, and uh-huh. that would be Eldril Sidewinder yes. or Elijah Doom. Mm. So, shall I, shall, I, uh, shall I go through uh, their, their, both their stats? Yeah, talk through Eldril, because I'm a big fan of Eldril. I've, I've used him a good number of times. Yeah, same. Uh, so Eldril's, um, he's move 8, strength 3, edge 4, armor value 7, and he comes with catch, dodge, hypnotic gaze, loner, nerves of steel, and pass block. So not as only is he great uh, on defense... Uh, with the uh, the pass block and hypnotic gaze uh, and that sort of stuff, but he is also amazing on offense. He's a he's a roided up wood elf catcher, um, and nerves of steel is great. You get the you, you get the ball with him, and you uh, two up pass to one of your own players, and that's getting you your star player points on your. Uh, on your own player rather than scoring with him. Um, and you don't have to make a dodge out of the tackle zones to do that. Um, the other lad, um, Elijah Doom, is a he's a newer star player. He was added uh, with Spike Journal uh, to the Dark Elf thing. So he's um, movement 6, strength 3, uh, agility 4, armor 9. And he comes with Fend... Guard, loner, stand firm, and wrestle. Mm-hmm. And he's an amazing disruption piece. Uh, you can choose whether you're being, whether you're going down and they're going down uh, with wrestle. Uh, you've got guard there, so you can wedge him in places. He's got stand firm, so he can't be pushed away unless you want him to with fend. Uh, so if you feel like he's going to take another hit or what have you, then you can decide how you're how you're maneuvering that uh so and he's also armor nine as well so he's much more difficult to get off the pitch so i think he depending on the game i think he's a he's a legit choice for that he's 190k whereas eldril's 200k yeah i can't really i can't really argue against um against those things but there is one player that I spied on the list. Uh, well, look, actually, there's two. Yeah. Uh, there's two beyond what you said, which are both good options. Uh, at the top end, 
Corco and Heart Ripper. I, I, mm. I just you know, dodge, <laughs> dodge, leap, loner, multi-block, shadowing, stab. There's just some days when just multi, multi-blocks, multi-block, stab, just stab, stab, stab. Right. <laughs> he's he's definitely an, he's he's annoying as well because with leap, you know, he's uh, yep. he's a pest. Multiple block means you could le- legitimately leap into a cage. Uh, and stab, stab, stab the, the guy who's got <laughs> stab the guy who's got the ball, and then stab an exit strategy as well. You know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, deal. for me, Horko and Heart Ripper, he's been a a staple, and I've. It's a shame I've only got to use him a handful of times, but every time I have put him down with a big smile on my face, and I've just multi blocked for my life. One of the newer players, though. That I would really like to um, to have a try at sometime. Well, I, I doubt I'll we'll get to do it now, but before season twenty twenty starts. But it's Kiroff Kraken Eye, hundred and seventy yeah. grand. So he he's he's interesting for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So he's more of a big disruption player. So disturbing presence, foul appearance, loner, pass block, tackle, and tentacles. Um. Move seven, strength three, agility four, armor eight. See, I, I think he's one skill off being brilliant. So if he had wrestle as well, yep. he, he would be epic. If you binned off pass block uh, or whatever for uh, for wrestle, um, yeah. even if you added wrestle on and made him 200k, he would be a really good star player, but I think I think, and it's really odd that I mention it twice in the same podcast. But when it comes to some of these dark elf star players, it would be really down to the miniature and the look of it as well. You know, because a lot of the star players, there's only maybe artwork done for them. There's no actual miniature piece that you can go out and buy, so you'd have to convert or sculpt yourself, and. Mm. And this guy, I don't know. He, he appeals to me. It's quite cool. He's, yeah, he's got he's got a lot going for him. Um, he's an interesting but, one. But for me, Horko and Heart Ripper, stab, 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 stab. <laughs> yes, <laughs> does, does the job of two assassins. Yeah. Um, I think if we're talking about money's no object, though, I am going for uh, Roxy. Roxana yeah, Darknail. Darknail. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't going to talk about her, but I'm glad you brought her up. Um, She's you know, one of my favourite star players. And I think uh, I mentioned uh, um, Eldril's a roided up uh, wood elf catcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roxy's a roided up uh, um, witch elf. If yeah. She's got the she's got the, um, the juggernaut in there. She's got leap as well. She is edge five. Uh, oh, so good. Move eight, uh, strength three, edge five, um, AV seven. And she's only two hundred and fifty k as well. Yep. Um. So I think yeah, she's great. I mean, she's she's traditionally more more regularly seen on an Amazon team, uh, in tournaments and stuff like that. Um, there's particular builds that they work really well with her on Amazons, but if you get inducements in the league and you can take her. Um, she's gonna soak up SPP away from your own players, 
but she's. Uh, but you'll it. get to enjoy the game. It's it's a bit like having a sort of. Um, oh, who's the awesome human player that just does everything? Great. Human roster, yeah. It's it's like having a little sort of toned down Griff. Yeah. But uh, dark elf theme. Or uh, I mean, she she's the. Uh, the uh, to dark elves, what Jordell is to wood elves, uh, she's the the one that folk talk about. Um, mm. People tend to to kind of go more down that route. I mean, you've got uh, Hubris Rackarth as well, um, who's who's oh, a solid yeah. who's a solid option. Um, but I'd rather he's ten k more, and he doesn't do as much. On a dark elf team, I don't think as Roxy. Does. Nah, nah, he doesn't. He's nah. You want to take Roxy and go crazy? Yeah. So we normally give our uh, team um, a rating of their likelihood, I guess, to to win a tournament or just generally how good they are at tournaments. Yeah. Um, so what would you say for dark elves of this one, Alex? <laughs> I don't know. It's a tricky one. It's it's either going to be uh, I don't know a ten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a ten for me. Okay, i I would say I would say a nine or a ten. Probably probably around a nine. Uh, for this one, right. they're definitely going to be. There will be a dark elf team floating about the top tables at most tournaments. Yep. Uh, there will also be a fair amount of dark elf teams floating around the bottom tables uh, because people like uh, uh, me are either having a nightmare with them uh, or <laughs> or um, they just can't play elves. It's just not yeah. a thing. And that's that's it. The, the dark elves are a popular choice because they can win tournaments, can win games. And they can turn losses into draws and draws into wins with a few well strung together plays and some lucky dice rolls. Yes. And that's Absolutely. something that that you know Wood Elves can do uh, just as well. But no other team, even other elf teams outside of Dark Elves and Wood Elves, can't really do it as well as those two can. So, uh, in my eyes, Dark Elves, if you want to win a tournament, ten. They're they're one of the teams to take, uh, assuming that it's a a well balanced um, uh, players pack, which the NAF champions chip is. Uh, you know, it gives it gives the tier one teams six skills, uh, and you'll find the winner will come from tier one or tier two. So yeah, it's it's a ten for me. Rookie coaches, dark elves are they're mustard. Yeah, they're a good one to uh, they're a good one to to try and master as well. I think um, uh, they're the easier of the of the the really good elf teams to play. I think if you can master playing dark elves, you would probably be able to kind of turn your hand to uh, doing wood elves. But wood elves are a bit a bit trickier, I think, uh, yeah. for newer coaches certainly with specifically around the the, the armor value um, and the more gung-ho attitude that you need to have uh, with uh, playing yes. with Yes, yes, but that's something that the rookie coaches might not get to hear about when we uh, are talking about season 2016, as I guess we, we are. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, this, this is a great segue into the third section of our podcast, which is uh, Blood Bowl season 2020. 
Yeah, so I, 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 there's been a lot of leaks over the past week. Um, some of them were just total curveballs. Some of them are very, very welcome. Uh, so I, I guess it's worthwhile just discussing how we're feeling about this uh, change in general and yeah. also where we see things going, but also some of the stuff that we've seen and whether we like it or not as well. Um, and thank, thanks to uh, Joe Byers, who is based out of uh, Canada. I think it's Ottawa in uh, Canada. Uh, he's pulled together on Reddit a like a leaks uh, Bible uh, living rule book for Blood Bowl 2020, um, which quite nicely goes through everything. Uh, that's been shown so far um, and corroborated from like actual pictures as opposed to just random shit like I've just seen on Facebook already. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody's just posted up within the, within the past 10 minutes a fake, well, what I assume is fake uh, chaos roster. Uh, if it isn't fake, uh, Holy Moses, <laughs> because uh, is the uh, is the the order of uh, the day with that. Uh, but that aside, um, so Al, I mean, I don't know if you're the same as me with this. I I I felt this this is kind of what uh, GW wanted to do back when twenty sixteen uh, edition launched, mm-hmm. uh, but were a bit. Scared to do because they were afraid of uh, the fact that the majority of players at that point were tournament players, um, and there wasn't a like a commercial base of players already established, and if the tournament players really hated it, it was going to be a total like shit show. Yeah, look, I, I don't. I'm a fan. I, I like the changes that I've seen. And the direction that they're going, um, I like a lot of what they did already with Blood season twenty sixteen, because um, they they as as you said they went they took a softly softly approach, so they kept the core rules the same um, for like ninety eight percent of the core rules of the game. The the teams as well pretty much stayed the same in terms of how much a piece cost. Uh, what skills they started with, etc., and mm. that offered a lot of stability. And the rookie coaches that, that listen might not have seen it, but other coaches would have, is that all the work they did was for uh, league league games. So they added in, you know, rules for stadiums, sponsors. Uh, they changed how um, you know players retire, how spiraling expenses worked. They all all, all the soft stuff. I guess yeah. is what you could refer to it. They tinkered with it uh, and gave um, uh, league directors you know, some new things that they could try out. And when which when we were together working in the Aberdeen League, we used a lot of them for special events yeah. within our league sort of format. Um, but then during normal league games, we would let them fall away. So what you said was right, is that now that you know they've had four four years of blood bowl they've gone and they've they've reworked the core of the game the core of the game and uh, you know they've introduced more teams more skills uh, and more options for gameplay 
Yeah, I think what what what's kind of uh, allowed them to do that is the fact that Blood Bowl's been really popular. I mean, I, I know within the Blood Bowl community um, or the more active community, uh, people sort of really think that the the tournament scene's the big bit, but it's it's not. I mean, if you look at Blood Bowl sales, um, there's a lot of sales, and uh, and most of that is not covered by the the tournament attending. Uh, fraternity uh of uh of blood bowl yep. so i think they've they've got the the solid basis to allow them to make these changes now and i think they are a positive move i mean i i've been playing tournaments for i don't know the, the past four years or so <coughs> excuse me and um i'm uh even in that short amount of time i i felt that the meta is pretty stale um there's there was very little uh, movement around what people were doing, um, so I think this is a good a good shake up. Shall we go through some of the things that have changed? Yeah, look, I'm I'm happy for you to uh, lead us through this one because you've done a lot more reading than yeah. I think I have. But one thing I should comment on that you just touched on. I found that post about the Chaos team. Wow, if that's the real deal. <laughs> wow, my God. Wow, my God. It would be amazing uh, in a hilarious yeah. way if that was actually true. But I, I have yeah. a feeling that some, somebody's eventually got uh, to the point where they faked some of this stuff. Yep. Um, and, uh, we're not even going to bore the, the listeners with it, but it's, it's pretty funny. We, we'll you, we'll, re, um, we'll recap at some point in the future whether that was actually real or not. Uh, yeah, but you, you got to hear our, or at least my real reaction to, um, <laughs> you know, Chaos Familiar. Hell yeah, I'll take four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well done to the person that um, faked that. Um, if it's the real deal. <gasps> yeah, yeah. I, the I, fan. I think I think it's, uh, if that is the real deal. Uh, there'll be a lot of complaining in a funny way. Um, but, yeah, yeah get back let's, onto let's, the, let's get into it. Back on track. This stuff. So I think the, the first standout change, um, and I think is a very good one, is that passing is now getting its own stat uh, referred to as PA. Um, and this is very much changing the concept that... Uh, uh, throwers in Blood Bowl 2016 and earlier uh, incarnations were very much leader caddies and uh, a re-roll for picking up the ball in most instances. Yeah. Um, now, uh, from what we've seen, you're getting, um, on most throwers, you're getting a bump on the ability to, pick, uh, to pass the ball and everybody else in the team is... <laughs> worse at, at passing the ball effectively so an example so I, that... I, I, yeah, I was going to say i think we're going to use the same example um and that would be from the skaven um because we spoke about them recently yeah uh, and that your skaven gar runners could do passes and handoffs uh two plus yep whereas now um gar runners pass ability is on a four plus yep and um the Skaven thrower that um, until recently uh, was three up to pass is now two up to pass. Yep. Um, so that that's kind of swung that. Now we we've still we're still not sure 
what the mechanism for handing off is. I don't think anybody's seen that yet. Uh, whether they use uh, straight agility for that, which I would hope. Um, but um, yeah, so that, that gen generally changes a bit of the dynamic in the game, I think, um, which which is good. Yeah. It fundamentally gives your thrower a reason to be there, I think. They've got a, a true purpose now because they are, they are the best thrower and passer of the ball on the team because, you know, that's that's what we should train them to do is to throw the ball. Yeah. Uh, and, you, and you can see that as we've highlighted in the Skaven team. So you've got miniatures that have got a better agility rating. Their ability to pass the ball is so much worse. Yes. Yeah. So Skaven linemen are now the same uh, to pass as a gutter runner, which is four up. Yep. And a blitzer passes on a five up. And rat ogres can't pass. Yeah, and that's that's a question that we, we need to have answered, is that if you don't have the ability to pass the ball, but you somehow magically end up with the ball, you know, how a ball can bounce and scatter, and, you know, when it scatters onto a, a square where there's a player, that player has to try and pick it up or catch it, mm -hmm. does that does that still even exist? Or is, yeah. it, is, it, is it maybe that if you, if you don't have a passability don't have any ball handling ability at all so it would just automatically bounce off you so you know questions always questions i, I hope i hope that's not the case uh because uh that, that would kind of rule out the random uh six up catch of uh for a mummy that ends up with a uh, the ball uh when you don't want them to uh that yep. sort of shenanigans but yeah, yeah it's it'll be, be interesting to see how that works and for the rookie coaches listening, we see this as a good thing. Yes, absolutely. I don't I don't have any negative things to say about this. I know folks have been whinging and moaning about uh, um, elf linemen no longer being able to pass on a two-up, um, but I don't think that's a problem. They'll still be... Rookie, co rookie coaches, don't listen to anybody else, but Phil and Al will keep you right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other opinions uh, matter as well, obviously, but uh, ours is very much of the case that this is a good thing. Um, I think it's worth saying as well that a lot of these uh, there's been a shift in how things are displayed in the um, in the rulebook itself. Um, it used to be that you had an agility um, number, so it would be four or three or whatever, and that would reference what happens on a table. Now. The basic agility role uh, before modifiers is being represented as a uh, number to beat. So you've got uh, this given thrower, for example, to pass is now two plus on the ta on the actual stat itself. I think that's that's fundamentally a bit easier for folk to follow. Follow, I think it's a change, obviously, but it's I, th I think ultimately that'll be easier for newer players to understand. Yeah, and that's just presentation. It's neither neither here nor there. Um, so yeah, yeah stuff. I stay on the passing side. There's a, a raft of things that have slightly changed. Um, so you've got the uh, um, you've got the accuracy side of things uh, has changed a little bit. The the modifiers for for the different passes themselves um, are are 
slightly different, so you used to get plus one for a quick pass. Uh, that's now zero. Uh, short pass is minus one. Long pass is minus two, and long bomb is minus three. Um, so that's that's a slight change. But there again, mm -hmm. it's forcing you down the thrower route because they're quite clearly the best at passing. And you've also got options for reducing those modifiers of the type of skills that are available. Um, yeah. So I think there's other things in there as well, like uh, the addition of uh, you've got the accurate pass, an inaccurate pass, and a wildly inaccurate pass, and then a fumbled uh, uh, pass as well, so that the mechanics have changed a little bit. That We're not going to go into any great detail on a lot of these things, uh, because we would probably spend about four hours talking specifically about about this stuff. Uh, but let, let's just uh, suffice it to say that, that it's, it, it, it's definitely kind of changing a little bit in that. Um, the other big one for me is the changes to the kickoff table. That's really, yeah, really, really positive to see see that being tinkered with. Um, do you want to talk through each each dice roll? Uh, yeah, yeah, let's worth, do that. It's worth it. Yeah, yeah let's do that. So, so the, you go, you, you, please. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, so a, a roll. It's still a, it's still two d six. Roll a two. Uh, it's get the ref, and each team gains a free bribe, uh, as described in in the book itself, and that must be used before the end of the game, or it's lost. So they've made a clear so that, distinction with that. And that's unchanged. Yeah. So. Uh, I think they've they've actually added the must be used before the end of the game or it's lost, but I guess I don't remember whether it says that on the kickoff table. But I, yeah, that, that's why would anybody why would anybody think they get to keep it? There's a lot of fucking morons out there, Al. There's oh, what a, a bunch of, of freaks! Morons. Rookie coaches, don't be a moron. Yeah. So, um, if you roll a three, uh, time out. You've got time out. Yeah. And both teams' turn marker goes forward one, unless the kicking team is in turn six, seven, or eight. Then it goes back one space. Yes. Straightforward. Yep. So, uh, uh, yeah. Number four, big change coming up. You want to talk about it? Yeah, solid defense. So this is replacing uh, perfect defense, effectively. Um, and where perfect defense used to be, um, the fact you could change pretty much the position of any of your players um as a defensive team uh this now has changed to repositioning d3 plus three unmarked players on the kicking team uh so your anything that's marked on the line of scrimmage or um in the wings on the line uh is no longer able to be repositioned and you're only getting a maximum of six players um minimum of four uh repositioned there so that, that's quite a big change, I think, with that one. Yeah, well, it means that in the past you would be able to redeploy your entire line of scrimmage. Yes. And you would, you know, negate anybody's strategy or deny them the blocks and everything that they'd set up, whereas now it's pretty much just your backfield that anybody that is marked is engaged in the game, so so to speak. Yeah. That's, that's right. That's a good change. Uh, if you roll a five, it's a high kick. That's the same as the the current dice roll. Um, yeah. Number six, cheering fans. So 
each role, each player rolls a d6 and adds any cheerleaders. Then the winner gets to roll on the prayers of Nuffle table. Uh, and if it's a tie, there's no effect. I guess the prayers to Nuffle table is it's been leaked. And we might talk about that a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, 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 there's there's been a little bit of that as well. Yeah, so that, that that's a that's a quite a big change as well. That one, it's, it's I think it's kind of replacing some of the fame mechanics and stuff like that as well. Yeah, because I, I suppose during the reading of this new kickoff table, there is never a mention of fame. No, no, it's gone completely. Well, it seems to be gone completely from here. Fame might be a factor elsewhere, but yes, yeah. Uh, the the indication in in the mechanics that it was previously used it's completely not relevant anymore in that context. But in it may be in another context. Yeah. Um. So the next change is flipping around brilliant coaching and uh, um, uh, changing weather. So. Previously, brilliant coaching was on an eight. It's now on a seven. Uh, that's each coach rolls a d six plus assistant coaches, and the winner gains a reroll. <clears throat> Ties. There's no no effect. So you'd, previously, you would both get one on a tie. That, that's right, isn't it? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Now neither of you get one. Uh, change, and that's. That, I was going to say sorry. That's quite key, um, because that's on a on a seven. Yes, the, which is the, the odds most, are most common role. Yeah. Yep. So I think for rookie coaches moving forward, um, a decent investment in assistant coaches. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll see you right. And uh, obviously, changing weather is not not changed as far as I'm aware. Um, and it's now on an eight, and then a nine is quick snap. Um, so do you want to? Cover that one, Al. Yeah, for quick snap. D3 plus 3 open players on the receiving team may move one square. Um, so again, it's a distinction of open players, so any player that's marked doesn't get to move. Because if, from memory, in the previous table, quick snap, you could, you, could un, you could move players away without having to dodge. Is that correct? Uh, that's correct, yeah. You could move one yep. square away, yep. So this way again, it's it's more focused on your back your backfield um, your backfield players. <sighs> Phil, I know you want to talk about number ten. Yeah. So <laughs> I think I think this is a mistake in in, in the way that it's been written in here because uh, it's not D two. I think it's D three. Uh, but ten ten's blitz still. Uh, but it's now uh, D three plus three open players on the kicking team may activate and perform move actions. Previously, it was anybody who wasn't in a tackle zone uh, uh, within that. Um, and you can also uh, uh, perform a throw teammate action within this and, and blitz. It, it's a complete change. You know, we're, I mean, it's still a maximum of six players could move. You know, you, you may end up uh, still in a good position with that. However, it's not the bulkier team, uh, mm-hmm. which, which could be game-changing, completely game-changing, especially if it happens to you more than once in a game, uh, which is a common thing. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good it's a good change that they've made to tone down the blitz result. Um, 
for sure. One thing, though, I would I would actually have to ask you, um, it specifies that you may perform a throw teammate action. To the best of my knowledge, you could always throw teammate anyway. Is it yeah. just classified as a pass action? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think because um, there was no, there was never any, it was never kind of made clear with that, I guess. It wasn't, cl it wasn't clarified anywhere um, because you wouldn't think to pass within a blitz because you wouldn't have the ball. So yeah, that's, just, that's just making it clear to players that they, they can use a throw teammate action in that respect. I mean, I suppose, yeah, yes, that yeah, hasn't changed. It's just a clarification or, or an expansion on, on the wording to allow or to make that more obvious to, to newer players, I guess, more than anything. Um, that's good Good. Good for Games Workshop actually writing a clear rule. Yeah, I'm fully expecting there to be some uh, drop balls in here. In fact, there are, are some weird ones in terms of skills and stuff that I'm sure that will need to clarify. Um but yeah, um, that that's a decent a decent change that one. Um, yeah. So the next one, do you want to cover that one? Yeah, if you roll eleven, you get the officious ref. So each coach rolls a d six plus fan factor. The lowest roll randomly selects one of their players on the pitch. If it's a tie, both players select. Uh, roll a d six for the selected player. On a two plus the player and the ref get into a fight and the player is placed the player is placed prone and stunned. Prone and stunned? Yes. On a one they're sent off. Yes. So that that's replacing the awful throw a rock where uh like everybody's had a star player uh, or a or or they are yeah. star player murdered by a, a rock thrown. <laughs> I guess, I don't know if it's the way it's been typed, if that's the way it's written, but the player is placed prone and stunned. So, you, yeah, you, you can be placed But you prone. just got stunned and then you recovered prone. Say that again? Oh, well, I thought if you were stunned, you recover to be prone and then follow and turn you get up. Yeah, so, I mean, this is just confirming that the, the the two stages of that because you could be placed prone and not be stunned so i think i think this is just yeah i guess the way i'd see model placement is if you're stunned it will look different to if you're just prone yeah i mean we, we've all had models that don't lie on their back and stuff like that uh and yeah so, but we we know the way around that though yeah. man. And, and rookie coaches should listen up that we're going to do a, a podcast on gaming and tournament etiquette in the near future. Yeah, so that, that we, we didn't cover that earlier on, but um, but yeah, we're, we're planning on, uh, whilst we're not going to be doing the sort of rookie coaches thing due to the changes, uh, expanding upon things that, uh, that are useful, like tournament etiquette, uh, my yeah. first tournament sort of thing. And I, I get where you're coming from with this, but I think this just kind of covers specifically that and it makes it clear that the player is placed prone and stunned. Uh, they could, they could guess, just have, they could just have put placed stunned or the player. Is I stunned. think I think it might be a typing thing because if you if we go to number twelve, the pitch invasion, mm -hmm. each player's roll a d six plus fan factor. The lowest roll randomly selects d three players on the pitch. 
Yeah. Any ties, it's both it's D three players for each. All of the selected players are placed prone and become stunned. Yeah. I think it's just so maybe a typing thing. A typing thing. But uh but yeah. The number twelve's great as well. Um this is one of the ones that fame would have affected previously and a plus two on fame meaning that um when you went through all of your players they were getting uh, uh stunned in a four up uh was was brutal you know if, if you lost the the roll off um so i think uh i think that that's a positive change maximum maximum of uh, three players it is and looking back through this assuming that fame, fame is is gone your investments in fan factor and coaches at a tournament really pay off on this table yes yeah i think um i think that that's key you know it, it there's a, a a good reason to have uh, have those sorts of uh, investments now um, yep. within a league as well definitely you know it's worthwhile chucking a bit of cash into there as well i think um thanks so. i don't know if uh, yeah let's not go through the uh, the prayers to nuffle table in in full detail uh the picture i have of that is missing some text and in, in places so i wouldn't want to kind of uh, lose a bit no of, uh, that's right context. but it, it, these things are available online uh you, you should be you will be able to see them uh, make a judgment for yourself with those as well. Um, that it, it is it is an interesting table. Um, I, I'm not a fan of adding tables just for tables' sake, uh, but there's some cool results in there uh, that are quite interesting. So it's 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 worth looking at. I think um, on your own, uh, <laughs> but I'm not going to read through them all. Um, no. I think next next thing really is to kind of look. Uh, Look at some of the uh, the skills and things like that. I mean, we're not going to go into any de great detail of that. It may be worth picking out a couple that have changed. Yeah, look, I would just pick out a few highlights, mate. Um... Yeah. So, I mean, some one thing that's worth noting, and there's no further context around this, is, uh, uh, but it is obvious that there, there, there may be something further uh, to come with it, but some of the skills themselves have now got in brackets uh, plus one with them. Um, so an example of that being a dirty player, for example, has got bracket plus one um, for um, an add an add one to an armor or injury roll. Um, whether that then allows uh, like a star player to have a plus two, who knows? Um, but the fact that they're putting the plus one in a bracket suggests that there might be an option for something. Uh, something different uh on top of that as well uh so that that's that's an interesting change um yep. i think uh with that uh what other things are in there pros now a three up rather than a four up um shadowing and tentacles are now both in a d6 rather than 2d6 uh which kind of i'm not sure I, i'm overly Keen on that being a, a Nurgle player with tentacles, um, it still favours the higher strength player. Uh, the mechanics still the same. It's just done on a d6 and this addition and subtraction mm -hmm. of the um, the strength and the uh, movement. 
can I, can I hit on one? It's a new skill. Yes, this, this, is, this is the first time I'll have verbalized it. <sighs> From Blaruski. <laughs> yeah, okay. When this, when this player performs a move or blitz action whilst in possession of the ball, they may choose to drop the ball. The ball may be placed in any square the player vacates during their movement and does not bounce and does not cause a turnover. Yeah. Did, did I pronounce that right? From Blaruski. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, myself. I, don't, I don't know why you would take this as a skill yeah, over sounds, other things. But it, it sounds dumb. But it may be that there are, there's a star player with it or or what have you. I don't know. Yep. It, it's an interesting one, but yeah, I wouldn't go out of my way to, to add that on to somebody. That's a, that's a passing skill. Uh, and I think whatever Games Workshop rules developer came up with the name, hmm, I think that's all I'm going to say. I'm not sure, but I think there might be a an NFL uh, homage uh, within that one. Um, I, I don't know what that is. To me, it's just a stupid made-up word. So the the other the other big yes yeah <laughs> very much the the other sort of potential big one is the wording of claw could be interpreted um, that it no longer stacks with um, with mighty blow. Um, so oh, uh, read we, read out. We don't. So bear in mind, and it's important to to say we don't have context on the mighty blow wording uh, for this one. Um, so it's just, we can only take it what's written in face value here. Uh, that is, uh, when you make an armour roll against an opposition player that was knocked down as the result of a block action performed by this player, on a roll of 8 plus before applying any modifiers will break uh, will break their armour, regardless of their actual armour value. So, I mean, you can read that two ways. You can read that as that there, you can't apply a modifier, although it doesn't specifically say that. Um, or you could read it that that an eight plus always breaks armor regardless of a modifier. Um, I I think it's a it's a weird one that because when twenty sixteen first came out, um, Death Zone one had the um, the caveat of before applying any modifiers in the wording. In the book mm. but they errated that pretty much uh, straight away to the way it was worded previously and also uh, had been used through so I mean the cynic in me says there that uh, uh, something at GW's would be copy pasted from the current uh, or the original rules and not done the uh, uh, the errata check with that one Mm. But I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing if it does mean that it, it, they don't stack. I'm not against that. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. No, it's, it's um, been a it's been a sort of staple of the bash blood bowl community for such a long time. But hey, ho, look, we'll. As you said, everything we talk about here, we don't have the full picture. We're yeah. only going. We're only going by what's been leaked and what we can read. 
Um, we're yeah. not going to try and infer or guess, you yeah. know, intention. And I, I think from my side, the, the nerf that was done with uh, the piling on skill uh, pretty much uh, softened uh, claw palm, uh, claw piling on mighty blow uh, combos. Um, so it, they weren't as effective anyway. I mean, a claw mighty blow combo is still effective, but it's not as effective. Whether there was a, an additional reason to further nerf that or not, I don't know. I I, I think that's maybe a bit a touch too far for me. But like I said, I'm not against it, and we need to nope. see context uh, context, particularly around how Mighty Blow skill is worded, as well. Uh, the other thing with that as well is there's now a, a in the extraordinary sort of skill setups or. I think they're calling them traits now. Um, uh, there's a thing called Iron Hard Skin, uh, which means um, the claw skill can not be used when making an armor roll against this player. Um, so that, that's a, a harken back uh, to second edition, I think. Uh, there's a similar skill with that. Uh, there's a few changes to things within passing skills where They've kind of maybe been more um, added together uh, with stuff. Um, there's on the ball seems to have combined both the uh, pass block and uh, kickoff return skills together. Yeah, it's quite a wordy skill, isn't it? Yeah, but it's uh, uh, the gist of it is um, the, the the movement to either meet the ball as it when when receiving it or um, interrupt the ball uh, when it's being passed so and there's also things like a running pass if this player performs a quick pass action their activation does not have to end once the pass is resolved if you wish and this player has not used their full movement allowance they may continue to move after resolving the pass that's actually quite a cool one i think and it would be cool to have a positional with, come with that skill already. Yeah. Yes. You know, that's a, a few of these skills that we're talking about. Want you would want them to be built in because they're so niche and what they can potentially do for you. Um, I think that that's one certainly in a fast team. That's one where you would be uh, um, you'd be allowed uh, able to then get yourself in a further advanced pl uh, position. So if you knew you had more movement than people further behind you, you could present a, a, a kind of further point of yeah, a screen. You, you so, can see that ending up on a gutter runner, but then again, they can't you've pass. got to. Well, that's it. You've got to remember that they can't pass as oh, well as they used as to be able to. Used to yeah. But I mean, we don't know if there's going to be a, a high elf team further down the line. Um, you know, it's something that uh, might work on theirs. Um, I, I, I could see that working on um, um, a Dark Elf runner, because technically they're a, um, a passing player. Um, mm -hmm. There's, Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I like that one. I like that one. It's niche, but still, it yeah. serves a purpose. I um, guess it's, it's um, kind of reminds you, no, I was going to say it reminds you of what sort of dump-off could have been. Dump off a sort of defensive pass. 
Yeah, dump offs. I, I like dump offs as a skill uh, separately. It's it's not something I would prioritize over other things, but it's a niche one that's nice to have um, if it's yeah. uh, built in and already to a player. As far as other skills go, um, other ones of note. So there's this thing called projectile vomit, uh, which is new on trained trolls, which is what they seem to be calling uh, trolls in the goblin uh black orc and uh, snotling teams um, and this is a, a, a roll of uh, on a d6 I'm assuming um, if you get a 2 up um, um, it's a um, it, it's an armour, yeah, it allows you to make an armour roll against your target and if that succeeds they go prone uh, and an injury roll is made uh, on a roll of 1 the vomit affects the attacker uh, so the troll so it's another it's like a weird uh a weird skill for the troll to have i think it's more like that reminds me more of kind of the, the river troll uh yeah from warhammer fantasy yeah yep. and the other nice one uh is brawler so this is this appears on the black orc team which is one of the new teams um and it's a new skill um which was kind of touched upon in the ogre spike and that allows you to re-roll one uh result of both down on a dice a block dice um mm. that's an interesting one as well you know what i just realized phil what with all these new skills um how many different colored skill rings are you going to have now <laughs> yeah. it's going to be difficult uh yeah you have to work out it's... which ones are are going in with that yes yeah, that, that some, something Something that you know the rookie coaches would be aware of is that at tournaments players will mark their miniatures with different coloured rings to depict particular skills. And you know, credit to the 2019 World Cup in Austria, they developed a system that covered all the skills that were in the 2016 Blood Bowl season. Uh, with all these little jigsaw pieces, so all the different color combinations yeah. depict all the different skills that were currently available. I, I, I don't think this is going to happen now. No, I mean that that thing for the World Cup was like uh, Rain Man level genius. Uh, whether it was actually usable in practice. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's a, was a story for another <laughs> time. But yeah. but the principle was yeah. that there was a, there was a system. And it was color coded and in use. Uh, just the volume of new skills and um, how we present them on the tabletop for our opponents is it, going to be a, a tournament challenge. Yeah. But what I... do you want to talk about now, Phil? That's that's some of the newer. Yeah, let, let's move on from the skills themselves now. Uh, aside from the uh, the slight change in costs, uh, there's now. 5k increments in some player costs um, yeah that's cool but yeah it's not a big deal i don't think it might, it'll, it'll change meta builds for tournaments a little bit i think um, and also for starting um tv 1100 but um it just changes the matter it's not a, a big deal that one uh, nope. the next ones so i guess improvement uh costing and skill advancement are a bit of a swerve. Uh, we saw them, was it yesterday or the day before? I yeah, I think it was yesterday. All days are a blur. 
uh, at the moment. Um, so yeah, I think uh, oh, I, you can talk about this one. You, I think you've maybe got a bit, uh, bit more of an opinion on it than I do. Um, so this is the star player point. Yes. Um, increases, yeah. So in the past, it was very, we'll call it regimented, in that when you got to six star player points, you rolled, you rolled 2d6 on a table, and that told you what you got. You got a general skill. If you rolled a double, you got to pick from your, your double um, column, or you could get a stat increase. What we've got now is that there, it looks to be similar to how other games workshop um, experience style things like from their Necromunda game work. So your, your players still accrue star player points, but they, they spend them like a currency. So um, to get your first skill, uh, if you've got three star player points on a player, you're allowed to spend them to randomly select a primary skill. So that would be a skill from their first um, column. So like we spoke about with Dark Elves, who was a Dark Elf lineman, he gets general and agility as his, what would be his primary skill. Uh, so if you spend three star player points, you would get a random skill from, from that selection. Uh, then if you save to get to six, you can actually choose your primary skill or you can randomly select a secondary skill um, which is which is good and then if you continue to save to get your first advancement uh, 12 star player points will get you a secondary skill by choice uh, and then if you want to keep pushing your savings 18 star player points will get you a, a randomly selected characteristic increase. Yeah. Then as you go on uh, to your second advancement, that increases incrementally. So uh, let's just pick, you know, so random first skill is three, random second skill is four, random third skill is six, eight, 10, 15, etc. Yeah. I think I think for me that this is really cool, uh, and I kind of, and it and it's a massive swerve from the way it was done before. It does kind of make me think that if you're going to want to put a double on something, you're going to want to do that earlier. Uh, for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's um, it's an interesting way. I'm, I'm quite I'm quite pleased that this has changed. I, I enjoy the the way the Necromunda one works. Yeah, I've, I've never experienced the the Necromunda game, the, the the current version. But with this, you have look. We've again, we've got to make some assumptions that you still get the same amount of star player points for doing the same activities. Yes. You know, three for a touchdown, five for being the MVP, one for a pass, two for a casually, all all that sort of thing. Um. So we, we don't know that the, the rewards might have drastically changed. So that getting star player points might be easier. You know, you might get star, one star player point for surviving a game. Who knows? Anything's possible. But yeah. and I think it looks like yeah. it looks like you've got an avenue to get random skills quickly. Um, or if you're willing to invest a bit of time on a player to be able to choose skills and 
you know people have highlighted it already but your your big guys if you're willing to invest a bit of time you know, you'll be able to choose choose the right skills for them you know save some star player points and get block or yeah. or whatever skill you you feel is essential for them to get i mean if you look at that it's only 12 star player points um depending on how the mvp mechanic works if it still works the same as it was when it was um in 2016 where it's the choose three um players and d3 it um then that's just two games and a casualty potentially to get in a getting block on a big guy uh, and that, that's assuming it works like that though if they've gone back to random generation of mvp then um it's a bit more a bit more like time consuming potentially um but but for me i i like this change a lot it's yeah. um en encourages different style of of team building and okay it takes away that random element that to get a characteristic increase now it's something special that you've saved a lot of points for yeah i i think it's good um the there's no there's no we've not seen the rest of the this section so there's no, nothing to say that this is uh, an alternative to uh things uh, or this is the only way of doing it but um I, I wouldn't have a problem with it being the only way uh, for it to no. be done um I, I quite like that no. and i know where we've got to watch how much we speak about um the new rules that have, that have leaked we don't want to get caught up in the sort of dribble the internet is famous for but you know here's here's a question off 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 the bat what one change would you like would you like to see from 2016 going into 2020 um, hasn't been that hasn't been spoken about or published yet i don't think i have any um i, I mean i was quite i was enjoying the balance of 2016 i thought it was it was quite cool and the addition of some of the weirder stuff uh, added a bit more flavor to games um but i think if i was if i'd been asked before i'd seen any of this uh what would i like to see changed most i think it would probably be the kickoff table and they've appeared they've mm -hmm. done that uh, so i can't think of anything else specifically what about yourself for me it is the um when you spend your treasury it shouldn't add to your opponent's team value. Yeah, that that was always a a, a weird one. Because um, at, at the start of season twenty sixteen, that's how it was. Yeah, you'd spend treasury and it wouldn't add to your opponent, but then they they came out and FAQ'd it. Yeah, and they reverted it back to the way it used to be, and that really really did get under my skin, because, you know, if you're uh, if you're the underdog. And you get some inducements, and you find yourself your ten thousand gold pieces short of buying something else cool. You know you spend that, and you know that misbalances it. But in the same way that if you're a big team and you've got lots of treasury, and you just decide to just splash out some money, why should that then become a bonus for your opponent? Don't I don't get that yeah it was always a it was always a bit of a, a strange one that um yep. so for me i think players 
and coaches should be able to spend their treasury willy-nilly. You know, if you're if you're in a league and you know you're going to have to play a bigger team and you're going to get some inducements, but you want to save some money up and spend that too, you should be able to do that. Time will yeah. tell. Yeah. So the other thing that's worth noting is the addition of some new teams and some some changes to rosters, uh, obviously, as well. Um, I think the, the big ones are uh, the box appears to come with um, what's called an Imperial Nobility team or Imperial Nobles team and a Black Orc team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a bit of a swerve from uh, the uh, the traditional human and I'm assuming the traditional Orc team because we haven't seen that roster yet. Um, so yeah, the, 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 they're interesting. Um, like yeah, for me... Both. For me, I'm I'm excited by the Black Orc team. A yeah. combination of Black Orcs, you know, powered up goblins and, and a troll. They've really got my they've really got my attention. Yeah, we, we won't go into too much detail with these because these are the sort of things that we would probably cover in rookie coaches. I think when we look at yeah. rookie coaches going forward with the new rosters and the way they're set up, Al and I will be looking at them as uh, this is what we would take. And then hopefully further down the line we would uh, Go back to what we discussed as uh, the rosters that we would take, and then update those um, with some uh, exper- experience-related uh, data um, on those as well. So uh, we won't go into these too much here. Um, you appear also to get um, uh, Griff and Varag and a, an ogre and a troll in the box set as well, which is nice. Yeah. Oh, some nice plastic bottles. Um... You know, big guys as well, so that looks like a good value box set. Yeah. <laughs> Assuming that it is good value, don't know the price yet. Yeah, I, I expect it'll be more expensive than the current one. Um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing if you get everything you need to get going. Exactly. Um, but I think... I think as, can you go, Phil? I think as far as changes go, uh, there's a few sort of decent ones on, on the Necromantic team. Uh, they've had whites replaced by wraiths which are a little bit different uh they have no hands which is an interesting one um but they also have uh block um foul appearance and uh sidestep as well uh, which is uh, gonna make a slight change to the way you play them uh, but yeah no that, that, that's an interesting one for me and then you also got what's, what's, what's the other new team snotlegs snotlegs yeah, and they were they um, they get two Scotland pump wagons, and little guys on not pogo sticks, but like little weird bouncy ball things, and they look absolutely crazy times. Yeah, the roster for that looks fun. I think fun fun's probably what you're gonna get with that. Um, yeah, can't can't wait to do the rookie coaches section on that one. I like the look of the models as well. Um, so far. Um, so we, we've known they've been coming for a while. Uh, it's just recently we've seen the roster for that, and it, it, like I say, it looks it looks like a fun a fun thing. Other than that, I mean, let's. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, look, I just want to make sure that our listeners and the rookie coaches know that um, both you and I are big fans of of season twenty twenty, and we're going to be covering covering as much of it as we can, and. We're going to continue on with our rookie coaches section 
and uh, hopefully, you know, we'll all learn something as we go. Yeah, and I think bear in mind that we haven't seen everything here, so some of it might change, uh, and with a bit more context behind it. But um, like like Al said, I'm I'm pretty happy with uh, the way this is going, and it'll be interesting to get um, to play at anger really, I guess, more than anything else. Yeah. So I think to finish up the night, we should um, throw out our league spotlight, uh, which is going to fall on the Murder King Blood Bowl League, which covers um, Edinburgh, Lothian and Fife, which for our international listeners is Central Scotland, um, East Coast predominantly. Uh, we've been in contacted by Scott Gibb, uh, who along with his uh, cohort Chris Rafferty um, run the league. And they meet their regular venues in a place called Up Hall, which is near Livingston. And they're going to be restarting their league from hopefully August. Uh, and again, sadly, that is pending COVID-19 approval. So yeah, um, Scott had said with that one that they'd, uh, um, they've hired a hall now um, so that they, they can adhere to current social distancing guidelines. Uh, so there is a cost associated with playing, uh, but that that that's uh, they seem to have, have gone gone the extra mile with that to kind of get up and running again, which is good. So I really hope that anybody in the area can uh, get on various different social media platforms and just search for MKBBL. Uh, that's the Murder King and Blood Bowl League. And I'm pretty sure we'll be able to find a link and we'll share it on the page when this episode um, goes, goes up for public consumption. Yeah, we'll actually have to do that this time, Al. Uh, <laughs> did we not do it last time? I don't think I did it last time. I, oh. I, I know I did it for the uh, for the Belgian uh, league, uh, but I don't think we did the, uh, did it for the Perth and the uh, Otago ones. So... Uh, Oh well, well, you know, we'll do, look, we'll do a full a full shooting match for for the, yeah, we'll uh, the try our best. Course. I mean, come on, listeners, we're only we're only human, just yeah. But I think with all that being said and done, um, thanks again for listening, and I hope the rookie coaches, even though it's maybe not forever, uh, knowledge that we've, we've we've let go with the dark elves will help you in the next couple of months before season twenty twenty kicks off. Uh, yeah, because then it'll be a, a whole new ball game. And people are still going to be playing on Blood Bowl Two. There'll still be tournaments on Blood Bowl Two on the computer. All of the rookie coaches' stuff uh, is relevant to that. Um, exactly. Exactly the same with Fumble as well. So even if you're not playing, uh, like in in person, uh, using the new rules uh, in the future, there will still be stuff uh, that you can do using the current rookie coaches' stuff that we've uh, we've come up with. Okay. Precisely. With all that being said and done. Yep. All right, Phil. I'll see you next time. Yep.